Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, November 1st, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today, we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the chapter, A Vision for You. We are on page 152, starting with the first paragraph. We have shown how we are reading through two paragraphs, ending with, and so will you. Comments welcome on both paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Edini M., the 12 Traditions, Elena A.M., and readers of the text are Terry N. and Hoodie R. The share IDs for Wednesday, October 31st, 2018 are the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,224, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 12,225. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Edini M. to read the 12 steps of OA. Edini? Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, 
continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I thank you and I pass. Thank you, Edini. I will now ask Elena A.M. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Elena? Good morning, everybody. My name is Elena A.M. I'm from Pennsylvania, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and here are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for this service opportunity, and I pass. Thanks, Elena. <clears throat> How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, A Vision for You, 
We're on page 152, starting with the first paragraph. We have shown how. We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with, and so will you. Comments on both paragraphs. I will now ask Terry N. to please begin reading. Terry? Good morning, everyone. This is Terry N., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing. But am I to be confined to a life where I can where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus, we find the fellowship, and so will you. Wow. Um, I got lucky reading these paragraphs. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was able to get out from under, and that was because I was able, by the grace of God, to find a sponsor in what I hear on this line all the time in whom the problem had been solved. And I was willing I was willing because I was given the gift of desperation <laughs> um, and was taken through this, this, and I have been, what else they say in here, rocketed into another dimension. Um, my life is not boring and glum. It is the complete opposite. I am have a new attitude and outlook on life that um, is a direct result of working this through this process of this program. <clears throat> I didn't think that I could do without these certain foods. How was I going to go without that? And, and you know, how was I going to get by? And it, I don't miss it. And I hear that on this line all the time too, that, you know, not only am I abstinent I'm, and, and living this way of life, I'm doing so happily. It's not drudgery. It's, it's and it's pretty amazing, um, and I have a sufficient substitute. You know, I have a higher power, and I have a program, and I have a fellowship of friends that are also working this program. That um, all these things that I can go to to get through whatever life throws at me, and you know, it says um, my imagination will be fired. I'm even trying different kinds of meditation. Um, Life will mean something at last, and love and service to others is is my primary purpose. And I hear that on this line, and I, I just I just love it. It doesn't. I, I don't have worry. Like, not that I don't have it at all, but you know, I have things coming up that you know I'm able to go to God and help me say that I'm going to put one foot in front of the other, and I'm going to walk through it with the grace of God this fellowship and this program, I can get through anything today. And I'm just, I'm just so grateful to be a part of. And I don't have a timer, and I hope I didn't go over. But thank you so much for letting me share and do service, and I pass. Thank you, Terry. Okay. Um, before we open it up, I just want to remind everyone, we are on page 152, starting with the first paragraph. We have shown how. We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with, and so will you. My pen is ready. Go ahead. Hang on. Tina. All right. Uh, Martha. Kim G. All right. So I got you, Kim. 
I got you, Tina. I got you, Martha. I got you, Harlan. Larry. Nancy P. Larry, Nancy. Okay, we got to cap it at that because that's my six. I'm sorry if I miss you. The first lineup I have, and we'll come back for more, I promise, is Kim G., Tina S., Martha, don't know the first initial of your last name, Harlan G., Larry K., and Nancy P. Okay, uh, if you're not Kim G., uh, please uh, keep your phone muted. Kim, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Such exciting um, paragraphs today. I always like to point out, it says, you know, there you will find release from care, boredom, and worry, and it's talking about the fellowship of AA, but that's not the first time we heard that line. If we go back to page 151, it says, for most normal folks, it means, you know, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. So part of my um, fully conceiving in step one is I have to recognize that what others get through food, I don't get through food. You know, that um, this is a great, great reading the day after Halloween, in my opinion, because that's what we're watching. We're watching normal people get release on Halloween with all this candy, and we hope that we can have the same. You know, I think back to the, you know, and it talks here about where do we get that release through the fellowship. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, when you walked into an AA meeting, there was no difference between the fellowship and the 12-step program. But, you know, as the years have gone on, what has happened is the 12-step programs in general have strayed from the 12-step message and become a don't drink meeting or don't it meeting or a tool only meeting. And as we have strayed from this beautiful message of the 12 steps, the recovery weight has plummeted. So I kind of want to talk about the fellowship. You know, I hear people when they come on this line, I remember the same feeling when I came on a line where people whom the problem had been solved had been sharing. It felt so new. But this is not new. We're getting back to why the fellowship mushroomed in the 1930s and 40s. We're back to that clear-cut directions that are in this big book. That's what's so exciting. You know, I often hear people say, well, I want to start a Vision for You meeting. And they ask for the format. The format is not magical. What is the electricity you're hearing on the line? It's recovery. It's the idea that there's people who have recovered on this line, that people are carrying a message of depth and weight. You know, this is the excitement you're going to hear in any healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting. You know, what I often heard in the rooms of OA was do those tools, especially go to meetings, and maybe you can be strong enough to survive Halloween. And even if you don't survive Halloween, you know what? We're going to love you till you love yourself. What do you hear on a vision for you in any other healthy Overeaters Anonymous meeting? That you can recover and you cannot want to eat, just like Terry was saying, that you can enjoy the, Halloween, the, the holiday of Halloween and have neutrality around the food. You know, I want to read on page 14 to end with this. It says, simple but not easy, a price had to be paid. It meant the destruction of self-centeredness. So are you ready for that? Are you ready to recover? Because the water is all warm, and please jump in. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. We will now have Tina S., followed by Martha, and I'll get her initial. Tina, please go ahead. Thanks, Katie, for your service. I appreciate it. Uh, Tina S., recovered compulsive eater in Rexic in Florida. 
Yeah, I agree. Some great stuff here. And, you know, one of the things that I love about Bill, the way he, that he writes is he asks the question, then he gives you the answer. And, you know, um, at the beginning of this, this uh, page, it says, we have shown how we got out from under. You know, it doesn't t- say that I'm going to tell you how to get out from under. I'm going to show you, you know, and I agree. You know, the only way that I can get out from under is through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous or Overeaters Anonymous, but it's a psychic change that, that comes about through the transformation, you know, because I could stay in step one all I want, but I'm not going to have any kind of uh, release from care, boredom, or worry, you know. There will not be no release. I will still be stuck with the problem, in the problem. And, uh, you know, and I too thought, you know, it's going to be stupid, boring, and glum, you know. That's the way my life is going to be, you know. And then it tells me that, yes, there is a substitute. And it is vastly more than that. It is immensely, largely more than that. You know, it's a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. And again, I agree. It's through the 12 steps, the transformation, and any of this stuff comes about for me. You know, if I don't have a psychic change, I don't want a substitute. You know, as you know, even through in steps two, you know, I'm I'm coming to believe in a power greater than myself, but I'm still thinking about step one. You know, maybe that's a better solution. You know, even though it, it's sickly comfortable. You know, one of the things that I know today, you know, is that I would not have the life that I do if it were not for the twelve steps. If I did not, you know, take some action to get a different result today, and and I love this meeting, so I'm glad to be on the line. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina. We will now have Martha. And Martha, if you would kindly give me the first initial of your last name. Hi, Katie. It's actually Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. And okay. my last initial is M, like in Mary. I'm Marsha M. Okay, uh-huh. go ahead. Thank you. I'm, sir, I'm from Bloomington, Minnesota. Thank you so much for your service. I haven't had a voice for about the last week, so I'm really thankful that my voice came back and I'm able to share today. Um, This is the first time in 67 years that I can remember where I went through Halloween like any other day. My costume was my changed appearance, my changed body. Um, People are beginning to really notice that I have a change in my outlook, but also in the way I look. And that was my costume yesterday. And I wasn't stupid, boring, and glum like I would have been in prior years. Prior years, I would kind of hide away on Halloween so that I wasn't around candy and cookies and and people eating all the time. But yesterday was a great day for me. I went out on my campus where I live, and there were little kids trick-or-treating and kids parading around, and there was candy everywhere, and people were all happy and so was I. And I was totally amazed at the gift that I've been given through this program that I barely noticed that there were baskets of butterfingers and things around. I I barely noticed. To me, it was decoration. Um, I was able to enjoy being out in the day. I was able to talk to other people. I talked to some people on the phone yesterday and tried to give service to them and they in turn gave service to me. I was totally amazed and this text says that we will find relief from care, boredom and worry and I didn't ask for it. It was there. I had relief yesterday. I was a happy, joyous person 
And I can't explain any better than that, that it was a gift to me. And I found fellowship with the people around me and also with the people in this meeting and other people in OA. So today I am a thankful person and I, I can't believe it, actually. I'm amazed. But I sure am thankful for all of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Marsha M. And we'll now have Harlan G. followed by Larry K. Harlan, good morning. Thank you, Katie. And thank you, Gabriella, for letting us have your mom this morning. And congratulations, Gabriella, on winning the cutest bumblebee contest yesterday nationwide for Halloween. Um, these two paragraphs are the real essence of what this chapter is supposed to convey. The chapter of Vision for You was written almost as they were chasing the, the station wagon uh, as it was going to the printer. The book was printed in April of 39. This was written February and March and the beginning part of April of 1939. The chapter is to answer a question. What is my life going to look like without alcohol? What is my life going to look like without my addiction? And it says, yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. It doesn't say it is a fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. In is a little different. What that means to me and what that means for me is I cannot as Kim alluded to before, I cannot think that the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous is sufficient enough for me to bring about a recovery. And as was spoken before, when I came into Overeaters Anonymous in 1979, I was 24 years old. I was 300 pounds heavier than anybody in that room. I was 30 years younger than anybody in that room. And we were told a lot of narishkeit. Narishkeit is foolishness. The first thing we were told is 90 and 90. That was the mantra. Well, what happens on day 97, 98, whatever it is? I have to be abstinent of the food, and I must be working the steps to affect a spiritual awakening. Given that, given that, everything else is beyond true. My life today is in places where I never could have seen it before. I'm going to Israel to do Big Book next Monday. That's been on my bucket list from the time I was a kid, I am now going. It's going to be reality. I have traveled this country. I have made the most magnificent friends. The most magnificent people have come into my life. I am in places today you can't get to on your own, in my opinion. My life today is truly, in many areas, beyond my wildest dreams. But that does not come about just by going to meetings. That does not come about just by being abstinent for 19 plus years. That comes about through the working of the steps and the incessant, tireless passing of this information to whatever sponsees come through my path. This is a permanent disease. It is progressive 
and it is fatal. And the only thing that helps, the only remedy we have to suggest is a spiritual awakening. Given that, the dreams that I've had have been exceeded. Let God do his work. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. We will now have Larry Kay, followed by Nancy P. Larry, please go ahead. Hey, Katie. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Um, you know, what, you, what you're hearing on the line is unmistakable. Are people that are, are clearly, you don't have to see them. No, it's nice. I, I like to see people. You know, I like to see them. But you're hearing people that have been brought to a, a recovered state of being. How, how do I know that? Couldn't prove it to you. But I hear it because, and here's what I hear. Let me be more specific. I hear gratitude. I hear humility. People giving credit to where credit is due. That we feel gratitude and praise today for what sometimes, for what are sometimes such simple pleasures. You know, we've learned that happiness is not determined by our circumstances. You know, I mean, I, I mean, there are people with, with horrible circumstances outside of their control today, and yet they're happy. Can you imagine that? Happiness is not what happens when, when everything is going my way, the way I think it should go. No, rather, happiness is what happens when we decide to be happy. Now, if that sounds like, well, okay, yeah, big deal. How do I do that? We work the steps. When we work the steps, we experience a change. I, def- I lovingly defy someone to work these steps, follow this practical program of divine action, and come away with anything but humility and gratitude. I challenge you. I challenge you to do that, to be able to do that with kindness and love and grace and all that too. I don't think it can happen. I haven't seen it happen to someone who works these steps and follows this practical program of action imperfectly but follows the steps. That's what gives us freedom. We cross the bridge to freedom by working the steps. When I came away with a gratitude to self, maybe for some weight loss or maybe in some cases some weight gain or whatever whatever your circumstances are, when I came away with a gratitude to self, I had not experienced an effective spiritual change moving me towards a God-centered existence. And I had to own up to the reality of that. Not to beat myself up over it, that's not of any help, but to, 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 to really realize and become aware, hopefully, that what these steps promise is humility. And these step, what the steps promise is gratitude towards a power that's not you, that's something greater than you. And yes, I agree, wrapping up here, Katie, I agree that the fellowship is beautiful, it's lovely, it's wonderful. We, I mean, we're on it today. We, we love many of these people, you know, uh, that we meet along the way. But these people will not bring you to the recovered state. The effectuation of that change comes by working the steps. And somehow, mysteriously, you're brought into a new way of living. There's an internal restructuring. There's a change. And now you feel gratitude and humility and a desire to serve others. That's the deal. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Larry. And we will now have Nancy P. Nancy P., please go ahead. 
Hi, thanks for letting me share. Um, so I am, I feel today as though I'm a person in whom the problem has been solved. I never would have, I couldn't even comprehend that. It might as well have been another language that I just didn't speak. And um, all the time that I've been in um, this program, especially I'm in, from the Boston area, I've heard for decades, I've heard at meetings, you know, it's all about buying the broccoli or, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, it's all about abstinence. And I thought that abstinence was going to solve all my problems. And then when I finally was brought to my knees, um, really not even my knees, I was flat on my face with despair and pain and rage um, and fear. And I made that phone call. I found out that... Um, Abstinence is only a beginning, as it, as they say. And um, I want to just call out one thing here. Yes, there is a substitute. Well, for me, I don't really like that word because substitute is like if I had a hip replacement, it wouldn't be a hip substitute. Like I w they wouldn't be taking out the replacement and putting in the old one. So hopefully, as long as I work these steps every day, I'm not going to – I'm the, the, um, the replacement for – stupidity, boringness, and glumness um, is gone. Um, I've, it's been replaced by something that is vastly more um, satisfying. And, um, you know, the fellowship that I found here was sort of there all the time, but I was incapable of grasping it. I was incapable of embracing it. I was incapable of seeing it even. Um, and I have found people that, you know, my sponsor or a sponsor that I have, um, said, uh, you know, 30 years ago that water seeks its own level. She was talking about her marriage. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I really feel as though I was at a, I was, you know, my water pressure was low for decades in this program. And I was incapable of seeing what other people had, the camaraderie and the fellowship. And I've since come to see that. And so I don't live in the food anymore in any way, shape or form. And I, um, you know, I cook and bake all the time. I eat out whenever I want. And um, and I keep in mind where I came from and where I'm going. And, you know, Halloween was joyous for me last night. My kids are past the age where they trick or treat, but we get a few little ones and they're so adorable. And, um, you know, I flung out candy, you know, take as much as you want. And, you know, and um, I was thrilled and I, it, and I was not distracted at all because in between handing out candy, I was helping my son with his college applications and I was not distracted. I might as well have been doing my laundry as far as, you know, handing out candy. And that is, you know, I mean, it's just not there anymore. It's just not there. Um, the the food thoughts, the you know, the obsession with food. I don't think about, you know, my abstinence is not a mile wide and an inch deep. It's just a thing that I do. My recovery, however, has depth and weight today. And um, I am please. really, thank you. I am really grateful. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, before we take our next lineup, just want to let everybody know we are on page 152, starting with the first paragraph. We have shown how. We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with, and so will you, and comments on all paragraphs. And who would like to comment? Lisa Edini M. All right, I got Lisa and Edini. Linda D. Linda. Leon. Devora S. Leon. Devora. One more. Okay, I have Lisa B, Eddie Penny. M, Linda D, Leon S, Devorah S, and Penny C. 
What a great lineup. Okay, we will get started with Lisa B. Lisa, please go ahead. Lisa, please press star one to unmute. I'm not hearing you. Good morning, Katie. Can you hear me now? I can, yep. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I love the line, your imagination will be fired, and I wanted to share on that. Um, I had no imagination. I was actually shell-shocked. I had been walking around as a shell-shocked, which is another word for, well, I guess now they call it um, post-traumatic stress. But I think I was born like that. Uh, just, I just had no clue of how to function in this world. And um, my imagination today is fired up. I'm, I am recovered, and I am um, seeing things in such a new way, and it is so exciting. Today I'm learning how to want what I have, how to be satisfied in the moment, but yet be eager for more and not have to um, exert effort to make things happen. But I'm learning to allow. I'm learning to allow my higher power to bring me um, what needs to come to me. And, you know, I always have been trying, 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 and efforting, efforting, efforting. And I'm grateful for the effort that I did put into the steps um, and that I continue to put into the steps every day, every day. Um, I'm grateful that I learned from listening on this line that willingness is overrated, but it's really action. And it was through taking the action that things began to happen in me. I kept waiting for something to happen in me and then I would do the action, but it's the other way around, you know. And um, the other, there's so many opposites in this program and this is how my imagination gets fired i'm learning when i go into a meeting that is maybe not a healthy meeting um to try and carry the message of joy and release and freedom that comes through these 12 steps i'm looking to see how i'm alike and how they're like me not how i'm different or less than or better than see these, none of these things are, are me this is all the process of getting recovered i'm learning that the more i give out in my service to sponsees the more i get um I'm learning to sponsor more people than I've ever sponsored. And yet there's still time and energy. And I actually have more time and more energy. Um, it's amazing. It's so different than anything I ever thought. And um, I'm grateful for the imagination that I am getting today of seeing the possibilities of what can happen, what I can be, what I can bring, what I can do, what I can carry. And it's all through this life that is alive inside of me because I was dead, you know, inside, being shell-shocked. And um, I'm so grateful for it. It's beyond my wildest dreams. And there are days that are really hard and really um, challenging, but I have a place to rest. It's a, it's a place in my higher power. And through you all, I love the relationships I have today. And this, this just feels wonderful to hear everyone share. So thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Lisa. And we will now have Edini M. followed by Linda D. Edini, please go ahead. Thank you, Katie, for your service again. Good morning, my spiritual fellows. My name is Edini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. Getting out from under. Oh, God. Before recovery, I was 
so lost, and I was buried in my misery. I polluted my thoughts so much that I could actually not breathe, and I needed a way out. I needed to be saved from me, myself, and I. And so I said yes to trust all of you, my spiritual brothers and sisters, and others in my life. I had to set aside my old ideas for new ones. Saying yes means obeying and not asking questions, just trusting and believing in my recovered fellows so that the 12 steps that I had to go through that bring wholeness and well-being can manifest in my life. And this is how I can walk and stay aligned with God through these 12 steps. And it's my metamorphosis, that personality change from being disconnected and broken to connected and wholeness, from being buried in my darkness and being lost and full of fear to a beautiful, colorful butterfly having nothing but willingness to be filled in my open heart to whatever God would have me be. It blows my mind away with my metamorphosis from having so much anxiety. I used to have panic attacks. I was so depressed. I hated myself. I had so much rage, night terrors, and I'm just naming a few. All have been lifted. And this is why I always have to give credit where credit is due. How can I not? My whole life has been changed 180 degrees. I've been volunteering for hospitals for years now, giving hope to patients, giving smiles and giving so much love, holding stress management groups. I'm working one-on-one and in groups with patients and staff on meditation and deep breathing. I was blessed with a new relationship with God, a new relationship with myself, others, and especially food. By the grace of God, I am living a meaningful life, and how beautiful is that. Thank you, my fellows, for pulling me out of my quicksand. So many hands reaching for me and pulling me out and onto this path of recovery, and I'm so grateful to trudge this road of happy destiny with all of you. God bless. I pass. Thank you, Edini. Okay, we will now have Linda D. followed by Leon B. Linda, please go ahead. Good morning. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. Uh, I'm only going to be able to speak for a minute because uh, the phone is dying. I just want to say, Irini said it all. The only difference between Irini and I, of course, we're different souls, but we're the same, in that uh, the difference is I was an atheist, so God had to show up, and God did and does. And for all the love you give me, and I love you, the fact that in the center of my gut is God giving me peace and love and guidance, which I need so badly, that's the vision that I needed, that peace in my gut. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Linda. We will now have Leon B. followed by Devorah S. Leon? Good morning. This is Leon B. from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Grateful, recovered, compulsive of the year. Um, the line that I focused on was the most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. 
Um, now I don't have years. I have six months, and these months have flown by. I mean, flown by, as I'm not sitting around anymore, white knuckle afternoon, waiting until my next meal. I am recovered. And these days go by so quickly, and there doesn't seem to be enough time in a day to read about this program, to study about this program, to listen to past recordings, to spend time with my God. I mean, time is just flying by. Um, but I want to say I shared in my face-to-face -face meeting on Monday night, right in the middle of my face-to-face -face meeting, I realized that I was going to be off on Wednesday, which was yesterday. And I got this huge rush because I realized I could spend my day all alone with my higher power, read all I want, and I was excited. You know, because normally that rush would mean I could eat all day, and that would start right at that moment, you know, and I would binge all night watching TV, and then the next day on my day off, I would wake up and binge all day all while watching television. And and when I woke up yesterday, I spent my time with God. He said, go invite your mom into your day. This is my day off. My mom and I do not get along well, and I, and I obey. And I tell you, it was a splendid day. We went to watch my six- and seven-year-old run in a fun run at school. We spent two hours doing this, watching them raise money together. She had so much fun. We talked. We laughed. Then we went to lunch, had a wonderful conversation. It was absolutely beautiful. I would have never have thought to have done this on my own. And had I still been in the food, I would definitely would not. I would have been thinking about my life growing up and what she did to me. And, and this program has helped me to move on with that. Lastly, Kim G., uh, she told me this, and I say her because she told me this during the Colorado Convention. When I was doing my Step 11 last night, I was going over my ideals as a son, and, and, and I want a better relationship with my mother. And when she told me this, I immediately incorporated this into my nighttime review. And that was to, to see last night as I read it, I said, was I lovingly respectful? And I was. Was I patient with her? I was. Did I murder her by assassination, getting on the phone gossiping about her with my siblings? I did not. Did I go to lunch with her? I did. You know, and, and all and it just felt so good that this program worked in many different ways. And I thank all of you for your knowledge. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. I've only been doing this six months, and I so look forward to what this program is going to bring me in the future. And I pass. Love you guys very much. Thank you, Leon. We will now have Devora S. followed by Penny C. Good morning, Devora. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much. And everyone on the line who makes this meeting possible. My name is Devora S. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And honestly, when I came into this program, I said, yeah, I'm willing. But I didn't say, will I be stupid, boring, and glum. I just wanted to know, am I going to get to that thin body? You know, is, is this going to, you know, you know, I'm willing to put through certain things with the food. But, you know, the bottom line is, will I be able to get to that thin body? And you know, the thing that kept me coming back was, you know, hearing, you know, I was going to face-to-face -face meetings. I didn't have vision for you, but like just hearing other people talk and saying that they too have stopped eating and have put the food down and, and, you know, it can work for me too. That gave me a lot, a lot of hope. So the fellowship really did encourage me to keep coming back and it can work. And what that further was hearing from you, you know, going further into it is really just showing up each day where I can, you know, work further and, and continue working, getting into the steps and working further. And that has brought me a lot of a relief. And I'm just so grateful, you know, 
yesterday I was in a car accident and, you know, the hours that I stood there with the other, with the other person, you know, we stood there waiting for the policeman to come. Um, nobody came, you know, there was a big Halloween parade going on in Manhattan and all the policemen were just passing us by and saying, yes, yes, they're coming. And, you know, the calmness, knowing that, you know, God is protecting me. I mean, where did that come from? I didn't rush to, to the food. I wasn't eating. And just knowing that God is, is, is taking care and watching over me. And he never came. And we exchanged information and we went on our way. And I was able to get through the, way, through the day. It wasn't a drama. And it wasn't, you know, it, it, was, it was okay. It all is okay. And that is you know, that is a gift that I get from this program. Um, just the, you know, I can't say it enough, the calmness. And it, and it must be because, you know, each day I turn my life and my will over to the care of God. And, you know, honestly, I did have my agenda yesterday. I wanted to do X, Y, and Z, and this is what I'm going to do. I had a day off and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't work like that. God had different plans, and it's okay. I'm accepting it. And food was not an option. Instead, was getting into the steps and being available and being of service. You know, I don't celebrate Halloween, but there are other days that I do within my community. And, you know, when these days come up, I'm available to be there for my my community and perhaps show up for them and be of service um, where I'm not stuffing the food and I'm not looking to isolate, but I'm looking to be of service and to be of use to other people. And that's because the food is bad and I'm not eating and I'm... and I'm trusting and relying on my higher power. And what a gift that is. And I'm just so grateful. And thank you so much for letting me share. Thanks, Devorah. And we will now have Penny C. Penny, please go ahead. Good morning. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, everybody on the line this morning. My name is Penny C. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area. As I'm listening to, to this being read, as I'm following along, listening to other people um, this early in the morning. I am just, I'm just feeling so excited. I didn't expect that this, uh, this strong excitement would come up right now. But I was listening to the promises in these uh, paragraphs that we read. So many promises. Uh, it says, you are going to meet new friends in your own community. Well, be- even before that, you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. These these promises have come true. And, um, you know, I didn't read this right away when I first came to OA. But when I finally did, I went, wow, wow, this would have sold me if they could assure me that these these wonderful things would happen. It says... Among these future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous, Ovaritis Anonymous for me, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties. Most of my most of my friends, my close friends, definitely are, are all people who who are in OA, who uh, study, live, and practice the steps, and some who are in the rooms that I go to face-to-face who are still struggling after years. But I can reach out to them, and I can, I can be there for them. The other, another promise, you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and 
rediscover life. I will know, I do know, the full meaning of love your neighbor as yourself. I'm reading a spiritual book that tells me that my role as a spiritual person is not to make people love me, but to help them love me. And when I practice these 12 steps, and I'm, I'm kind and loving toward, to the best of my ability toward everyone I meet, I'm helping them to love me. That's their, that's their calling to do that. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that my recovery proves uh, without a doubt to me that this program is a miracle. There's no other way. I was, as I 47 years old when I came, um, I was at the jumping off point. I wanted it to end. I wanted the misery to end. Never would I have imagined that these three decades later that I would be so excited. And I thank you. I'm sorry. I went over. Pass. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Penny. You weren't over. Anyway, okay, so it looks like we have time for two or three final shares to close our meeting. Who would like to share? Melissa C. All right, I got Pete and B. Pete and B. Pete and Melissa. Okay, go ahead, Pete. Thank you, Marie. Can you still hear me? I'm assuming can you still can. Still hear you? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. great. Uh, Pete B. Recovered compulsive overeater by God's grace and mercy, and I love this chapter. Holds so much good, so many good things, and I, I'm I'm really interested in saving enough time for Melissa. Uh, I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? Right? And, and, and I love that the fellowship is a substitute for liquor. It, 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 you know, it gives me the things that I used to go to liquor for, companionship, excitement, fellowship. It gives me all those things, right? But in page 64, it says our liquor was but a symptom. So we had to get down to causes and conditions. I I cannot allow myself to be overly dependent on human power. And the fellowship is human power, right? In the doctor's opinion, it says that one feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the psychic, the essential psychic change, right? So that, so, so it must come from a power greater than myself, right? And it can't be human. And that's where my trust and reliance has to go to, right? Like prior to Alcoholics Anonymous, there were other groups that tried to overcome alcoholism. There were the Oxfords that's referenced quite a bit. There were the Washingtonians. The Washingtonians, they were, they were greater in, in, but as percentage of, of the population than Alcoholics Anonymous is now. And they perished, right? And if this fellowship should fall apart for some reason, the phone stopped working and I'm unable to call in and I can't go to a face-to-face meeting, I still have the most devastating illness known to man. I still have this condition. I still need a defense. And that defense must come from a power greater than myself. And that one is how, who was all power. That one is God. May you find him now. So I think we need to just, we just need to put these the, the fellowship in the proper proportion, right? I was in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous one time and the fellow said that Alcoholics Anonymous never got one real drunk sober. That if somebody's a real alcoholic, if somebody's a real compulsive overeater, they're going to need something far greater. And that, and, and that is God that removes the obsession to drink and the, obs- and the compulsion to overeat. 
And I'm so grateful for that. I have the, I put the fellowship in the proper proportion, right? My, my trust and reliance is on God, and the fellowship is my opportunity to be a good example, be a demonstration of my God's will, my God's love, my God's way of life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Pete. All right, Melissa C., go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Um, thanks, Pete, for, for saving me some time. Um, I, um, you know, I was thinking, um, Melissa, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and, um, you know, I was thinking about um, the time when I really um, decided to give myself over to this 100%, and there was a little piece of fear in me when I realized I didn't know who I was going to become. You know, I, I knew that I was going to have to become somebody different because the way that I was living, it was it was a mess and it was killing me and I couldn't stand it anymore. But I didn't know who I was going to become. And, and I felt sad thinking, am I really going to be boring and unsociable? Um, you know, I, I thought of myself as one of those really cool moms that like to drink wine and hang out and you know, eat chips and salsa and, um, you know, and who was I going to be if I wasn't that person? Was I going to have any friends left? Um, you know, I, I thought I might be really boring. And who am I going to be if I'm not, like, off on a food adventure with the kids? Like, you know, guys, let's take a ride and get, like, the best ice cream in, in the Northeast, you know. And then I, I had to realize um, that was a fantasy because I was certainly not um, – there was nothing less boring than somebody who could not be present in a conversation with other moms, other women, because all I could focus on was the chips on the table or, or, the, or the wine. You know, so I had nothing really to give myself to those relationships. And, you know, fast forward today, um, I can't believe the joy that I have found in being a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I have friends in this program um, that uh, the likes of which I've never had. And I think of myself as a really sociable person. Um, I've got many siblings. I've got a big family. Um, I always felt alone amongst a crowd. And here, you know, I can pick up the phone and call any one of my fellows or receive a call from any one of my fellows. And I feel a deep connection like I've never felt before. And, um, and I feel those relationships they help me connect with my purpose, with my higher power. I have conversations that are deep, meaningful, spiritual. They're not gossipy. You know, my old conversations seemed kind of gossipy and shallow. And um, I wouldn't trade this for, for, you know, for all the bottles of wine, all the chips and salsa in the world. Um, thank you. I'm so grateful with that I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. We have like 15 seconds, and I just want to say to all of you, thank you for firing my imagination daily and for challenging me to connect to God every day. It's a privilege. So I'm now going to close with the reading. We are now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hudiar, would you please read a vision for you? Certainly. Thank you so much, Katie, for your service. And my name is Hudi R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize you know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation 
what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.